This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh, we're going to go over week seven starts and sits. Um, and we're going to do the same thing we did last week. We had starts, we had desperate starts, we had temper expectations, and we had our sits. So uh, going to get right into it. Uh, but first, uh, let me just go over a little bit of news that came out over the last couple of days. Andrew Luck, he suffered a setback on his shoulder. Um, he was feeling some pain. Uh, and it seems like it's possible that he might miss the rest of the regular season. That's not a definite, but it is possible the Giants haven't said anything, you know, to that effect. But you know, there are some beat reporters that have come out and said that they wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen at this point. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, you guys probably already know this. He was issued a temporary restraining order. He will likely play this week and next, depending on when the judge gets back from vacation. Yes, I'm not joking. It's because the judge was on vacation, so when he comes back, they will probably rule. But, you know, from what I'm reading, it seems like there's a, there's a lot on Ezekiel Elliott's side here, um, and it's possible that he wins the case. There, there, was, there was some um, news that came out this morning about Ezekiel Elliott and the NFL possibly settling. So that would be another interesting uh, thing that happens as well, you know, so stay tuned for that. Um, so a couple of guys who didn't practice... Uh, Chris Hogan, he was limited in practice, which, you know, he he was limited before. It's a rib issue. It shouldn't be a big deal. He should be ready to play. Robbie Anderson didn't practice on Wednesday, you know, in case you're in a deep league. And Robbie Anderson was the guy you were looking at for this week against the Dolphins. He did have that long touchdown against the Dolphins the last time they played. So uh, it's possible that he would be a good play this week as well. Um, Bilal Powell, he didn't practice on Wednesday. So if you have Forte uh, and Powell doesn't play, he's probably a good start this week. Um, We saw that Elijah McGuire didn't get that much work last week compared to Forte. So, you know, Forte's usage in the passing game was very uh, encouraging. Uh, So, you know, he'll be a a pretty good start this week. Uh, Let's see, who else? Uh, Stefan Diggs, he didn't practice on Wednesday either with that groin injury. This is not looking good for Stefan Diggs this week. Adam Thielen would be in line for more targets. Uh, same thing with Kyle Rudolph. R- Rudolph had nine targets the last two games, and Stefan Diggs had a bunch of targets and a bunch of catches last week, so I expect that to continue. The Ravens secondary is definitely uh, not one to give up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers, but the slot position, Ladarius Webb, isn't the best corner. He's been given up you know a lot of yards in the slot not necessarily points but i think 
Uh, Adam Thielen's a guy who can take advantage of that matchup. Um, Kelvin Benjamin didn't practice on Wednesday uh, with that knee injury. Now, he was out of practice, but he left. So I'm not sure if he aggravated or not. Nothing came out yet, uh, but we should have some more information today. Uh, Demarius Thomas didn't practice on Wednesday, but he should be okay for this week. Uh, Devontae Parker didn't practice again with that ankle injury. Not sure what his status is for Sunday. It's possible that he's out again. Uh, so that, you know, we have to monitor that. Um, Muhammad Sanu, he's back in practice. So, you know, if you need somebody uh, at wide receiver this week, they're going to, the Falcons are going up against the Patriots. And, you know, he could be a good start. He's getting decent volume, you know, roughly around five, six targets a game. So uh, if he can get something like that, and, you know, he's also uh, someone that Matt Ryan looks for in the red zone as well. So uh, he's not a bad start if you're looking at, you know, a couple bye weeks for your wide receivers. Uh, Benny Fowler. He's expected to slide in as the Broncos' number two receiver. Emmanuel Sanders is not playing this week with that ankle injury. Uh, you know, he's more of a desperate start to me, and I'll get to him a little later. Uh, but he might not play his usual slot position. He might move to the outside. Uh, so that's interesting. We haven't seen him there that much, but I expect him to play a little bit in the slot as well. Okay, uh, so that's about it for now. Uh, oh, I did want to talk about Robert Turbin. Uh, Robert Turbin, he's going to miss the rest of the regular season. It's a bump up for Frank Gore and Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack should get extra opportunity, which is great because he's a very dynamic player. Should also help out Frank Gore as well because Robert Turbin was prim- primarily like being used as a goal line back, um, a little bit on third down as well. So Frank Gore should get a, uh, you know a lot more work just because the team just the offenses trust him more and it kind of runs through him a little bit. All right, let's go ahead and get into the start sits. I'm going to start with um, who I think are good starts this week. Uh, Derek Henry, he's a good start if DeMarco Murray is banged up. If he's not getting those practices in at the end of the week, um, I would start Derek Henry. Um, DeMarco Murray, you know, he's dealing with quote-unquote tightness in his hamstring. I don't know what that code, you know, what, what that's code for. Uh, but Mike Malarkey said that the timeshare that they had is a good model and that Henry is their go-to in the fourth quarter. Now, this is just coach speak. We have to kind of see it on the field before we believe it, but that's kind of what happened in this past game. You know, Henry had, you know, almost 20 carries in this game. So these are all signs pointing to Henry having a bigger role going forward, especially with Murray banged up. They each played an equal number of snaps on Monday night. There's no reason they should risk re-aggravating Murray's injury even further. Murray, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, if he has a full practice or two by the end, the, by the end of the week, I don't feel as strong to start Henry, and he will figuratively move to the desperate start section of this of this podcast. So, the Browns they've been great against the run this year, but with Mariota limited with that hamstring injury, I would expect the Titans to try to win this game on the ground with Henry seeing the most benefit. You know, assuming that Murray uh, is is still hobbled. Frank Gore, Robert Turbin's injury, like I said, he, it opened the door for rookie Marlon Mack to get more field time, but Gore benefits as well. Turbin, he was their primary goal line back. It should be all Gore now. Uh, I don't see uh, Marlon Mack getting goal line carries, uh, but Gore's snaps should go up. Um, and in, in this game against the Jaguars, I do expect the Colts to try to win this game on the ground. The Jaguars secondary has been spectacular this year, but they have been giving up 145 yards on the ground per game, which is the second most in the NFL. They've also been giving up 5.2 yards per carry, which is the most in the NFL. So Gore is the guy they will lean on in this game, and he'll be in my lineup as long as I'm not sitting any other workhorses for him. 
All right, Joe Mixon. This is another case of how I expect the team to try to move the ball. Pittsburgh secondary, they've been stellar this season, and it wouldn't be wise to test them all game. I expect Mixon to get the Rock a ton in this game, and I'm hoping he will take a step forward after this bye that they just had and take full control of this backfield. Don't need to give Jeremy Hill four or five carries. It's not really that. Uh, it's not needed at all. Um, Mixon is very talented, and he should be able to take advantage of a Pittsburgh defense that has allowed 118 yards per game on the ground and 4.7 yards per carry. Again, don't bench any of your studs, but Mixon is a good play this week. All right, Matt Forte, I was talking about him earlier. If Bilal Powell's out again, Forte is a start for me. If you look how they use you know, these guys last week, Forte outsnapped McGuire 43-20, to so I do expect Forte to continue getting the work. His eight catches on eight targets was very encouraging and sets a nice floor for the week on top of the rushing that he's going to get, possible goal line carries that he's going to get. The Dolphins, they've been pretty good against the run, but they have given up some big receiving games to backs. Um, But, you know, in any game script, Forte will be the back the Jets lean on primarily. I'm only starting him if Powell is out. Doug Martin. I think Doug Martin is an every week start from here on out as long as he doesn't share too much early down work. Um, which doesn't seem to be happening. Um, the reason why he's here in this section, because some might be scared of Buffalo's rush defense, but with Jameis Winston's throwing shoulder injury, I expect the Bucks to lean heavily on Martin in this game. I'm not worried about the Bills going up uh, in this game to make it a negative game script. You know, they don't really have that many weapons, so I'm not really scared about that. Uh, but because of those reasons, I think Martin is a good start this week and should remain so most weeks. All right, so moving on to wide receiver, Devin Funchess. He should see a lot of Kyle Fuller, who, you know, he made some plays last week, but the Bears, they're still giving up the sixth most fantasy points this season to wide receivers lining up on that side of the field. Uh, Prince Mukamara has done a much better job on his side of the field, where Kelvin Benjamin lines up most of the time. Um, so, you know, with Funchess, you know, he's getting nine targets over the last four weeks. He should be in your lineup. Denny Amendola, Chris Hogan, these guys are in my lineup every week, but you know, just want to point out that the weak link of the Falcons' passing defense has been the slot. Uh, Amendola and Hogan, you know, they've run 88% and 49% of their routes from the slot so far this season, respectively, and should benefit from the Falcons allowing the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers in the league. So this should be a high-scoring game. Brady should take advantage of the hole in the Falcons' defense. All right, Mark Easley. Uh, His target totals have been all over the place this year, but he has gotten volume in a few games. This game should be one of them. The Colts have been very vulnerable on the perimeter, and Lee switches between both sides all game long, almost evenly. Over the last four weeks, the Colts have given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers, lining up on the perimeter, so I think Lee should have a big day. Robert Woods. Woods has actually been one of the consistent pieces of the Rams passing offense outside of Todd Gurley. He's averaging, well, Todd Gurley didn't get that many catches the last two games, but that's another story. He's averaging, Robert Woods, that is, seven targets over the last four weeks, and we'll see a ton of Justin Bethel, who has given up a ton of fantasy points to anyone who faces off with him. The Cardinals give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on that side of the field. I'm a lot more comfortable playing him in PPR and hope that he racks up a ton of catches to provide a high floor this week. It's possible that Patrick Peterson doesn't play in this game. Um, And, you know, Patrick Peterson, if he plays, 
The idea is that he'll probably sit shadow Sammy Watkins, but we weren't even sure about that. But if Patrick Peterson doesn't play, this offense um, can really light up the scoreboard against the Cardinals in London. All right, Nelson Aguilar. Um, he's in a good matchup this week in what should be a great primetime matchup. I'm really looking forward to this game, uh, Eagles and Redskins. The Redskins' uh, DBs are banged up on the outside, but the Redskins also have been vulnerable to the slot receiver, giving up the 11th most fantasy points. Aguilar isn't the best play because he's not getting the volume we like to see to feel confident in starting him, but he makes big plays and is very efficient with his looks. Um, You know, Josh Norman... He might be out for this game again. Not sure if he's going to play this week. Um, you have Brashad Breeland, who's also banged up, who possibly might not play. So this could like really open things up, you know, all around for the Eagles in this game. Uh, so moving on to Pierre Garcon, he has a great matchup this week against a Dallas defense that struggles on the perimeter. Uh, Garcon lines up primarily on the right side of the field, and the Cowboys have given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers this year in general. The other side of the field has been given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers, and Garcon lines up there as well. So, you know, the the, the question is, you know, what is this new quarterback going to do? Uh, but C.J. Beathard, he seems to like Garcon since he peppered him with eight of his 12 targets last week. I'm not worried about the QB change. Um, the 49ers will likely have to make their way back into this game, setting up a good game script for Garcon. Obviously, the quality of the targets aren't going to be the same, um, but, you know, he's still going to get them, and I think it'll improve over time. But I can't sit Garcon in this matchup unless I had better options. Richard Matthews. Um, he's been pretty good this year. You know, hasn't really broke out at all yet. Um, but, you know, this Titans offense hasn't broken out yet either. So um, Jason McCourty, he plays the left side, doesn't shadow. Um, you know, if, if he doesn't shadow in this game, which, you know, he, he has been shadowing a little bit. He should see a lot of Eric Decker. The other side of the field has been giving up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up there, and that's where Richard Matthews has lined up 43% of the time so far this year. He also played the slot 34% of the time, and Cleveland has given up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers in the last four games. So Matthews, he's a great receiver, and he's going to be in my lineups most weeks. All right, moving on to tight end, Hunter Henry, the Chargers have to find a way to move the ball against the Broncos. Throwing it to wide receivers is the more difficult route against them. I think Rivers should attack the middle of the field with his tight ends, and Hunter Henry should benefit. Henry has seen the snap count steadily increase throughout the season, and he almost had a full-time role at 83% of a, you know 83% of snaps this past week. Um, Denver, they've given up the fifth most fantasy points to the tight end, so I expect Rivers to target Henry early and often. Kyle Rudolph. Stefan Diggs is banged up. This isn't a secondary that is kind to wide receivers anyway. Uh, Rudolph, he saw benefit with Diggs hobble the past two weeks, seeing nine targets in each game like I mentioned earlier. Baltimore gives up the six most fantasy points to tight end, so I do expect Keenum to try and keep the ball away from the Baltimore corners and hone in on Rudolph. All right, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins staying in the flames with this guy. He leads tight ends in targets since he made his debut in week three. Um... He caught two touchdowns the last two weeks, and it should have been three if it wasn't for that bad call last week. I'm never going to forget that <laughs> he faces a Miami team that gives up the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends this week. Uh, he's the number one target for Josh McCown, who has a history of loving his tight end. So expect a good game out of ASJ this week again. All right, moving on to desperate starts. 
I'm going to start with Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery. I personally don't trust either of these guys this week, even in a good matchup. There's just too much flux for me to put them in my lineup. With Aaron Rodgers out now, how will they be used? There's so many questions. Will Jones become their early down back with Montgomery in a passing down role? Will Hundley make it a habit to dump it down to Montgomery? Is Montgomery healthy? And if he is, will he be taking more snaps this week? If this situation was clear with one guy, it's one thing, or even two guys with defined roles. But with the QB change and with the confusion about who the guy is in the backfield, I'm trying to stay away. If you can't stay away and have no other choices, you can probably do worse. The matchup this week is good, and Hundley should be able to move the ball. One or bo- one or both of these guys can be relevant in this game. I'm just trying to stay away until there's more clarity on their roles, on their roles and usage. All right, Orleans Darkwa. He's looked good since he's gotten an opportunity. Him and the Giants' offensive line did very well against the Broncos' defense that was shutting down the run completely. Now Seattle comes to town, and a lot of people might be sitting Darkwa because they have better options, which is fine. But if you don't have better options and you're looking at scatbacks, I think Darkwa should see the touches in this game, and I think he's an okay start. If the game remains close, the Giants will keep grinding out yards on the ground, and Darkwa will be the guy. The Seahawks' secondary will probably keep the Giants' pass catchers in track, so the game plan looks pretty obvious to me. Um, and the Giants look like they're moving towards a run-heavy team, which is smart because they don't have any wide receivers to throw to. DeMarco Murray, I don't think I'll be playing DeMarco Murray this week with that hamstring strain, with Derrick Henry's rise and snaps. It's not really looking good for DeMarco, um, especially if he doesn't get a couple practices in. Um, now, we can point to the Seattle game where everyone was saying to bench Murray in a similar situation, and then Murray ran wild on that long touchdown run. Uh, but besides that touchdown run, he didn't really do anything. So, um, you know, sitting him in that game wasn't really a bad idea. Against the Browns, there's no reason to force Murray in a game if you have a healthy and capable back behind him in Derrick Henry. He's a, risk, he's a risky play to me this week. If you don't have anyone else and he gets a practice in late this week and it is active, go ahead and play him. Amari Cooper made it to the desperate start section. My goodness. All right, well, the Chiefs, they haven't been good against wide receivers, and Cooper finally has a good matchup that he can take advantage of. He has lined up on the left side of the field 48% of the time where Terrence Mitchell lines up, and that side has given up the second most fantasy points in the league. So the Chiefs as a whole have been giving up almost 40 points a game to wide receivers, so if Cooper can't get it done in this matchup, I am done with Cooper. All right, Mohamed Sanu, Taylor Gabriel, these two are far from sure things, but against this New England defense, there's going to be a lot of scoring. This game has the highest point total of the week at 55, so you're placing a smart bet on these guys to score. No word on whether Sanu will suit up this week, but he did practice. Um, If he doesn't play this week, Gabriel gets a bump with a better chance of scoring and making a big play. Uh, Gabriel did get eight targets last week, so the opportunity will be there if Sanu misses. Um, so, like I said, Sanu did practice on Wednesday, which is a good sign, but mo- monitor him as the week progresses. All right, Benny Fowler, with Emmanuel Sanders out this week, Fowler might switch out from his usual slot position to the outside, like I mentioned earlier. The slot is is the most giving in terms of fantasy points against the Chargers, so we can hope that Fowler runs some routes from there this week. Casey Hayward will obviously be shadowing Demarius Thomas, so Fowler should see some extra targets go his way. He should get volume in what isn't the best matchup, but if you're hurting at wide receiver, he could turn that point that volume into some fantasy points for you. Okay, Kenny Stills. Morris Claiborne has done a good job this year as a shadow corner, and this week he'll be going up against Devontae Parker. As of Wednesday, Parker is still day-to-day with his ankle injury, so he might not even suit up. 
Jarvis Landry lines up in the slot where Buster Screen has has given up the fourth least fantasy points. So that leaves Stills, Kenny Stills, to possibly get some targets and get a touchdown in this game. His one outlier 10-target game came against the Jets. So it might not be a bad idea to expect something similar this week. Robbie Anderson. Anderson caught his lone touchdown of the season on a long bomb from McCown the last time these two teams faced off in New Jersey. So Byron Maxwell... You know, he's not good this year. He hasn't been good. The Dolphins have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on the right side of the field. Anderson saw 12 targets last week in a shootout, and I expect that to come down this week, but he does have a plus matchup. He lines up on that side of the field 40% of the time. All right, guys, I'm tempering my expectations on. I'm not necessarily taking it out of my lineup, but, you know, might want to adjust the other parts of my lineup just in case. AJ Green. Pittsburgh secondary has been one of the best in the league this year. They've hardly been giving up fantasy points to wide receivers so far. Um, AJ Green, he should see a combination of Artie Burns and Joe Hayden, who he's gone against twice a year in the past when Hayden was a member of the Browns. I'm never benching Green, but if he doesn't put up a big day, it shouldn't surprise you. All right, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams. This one's obvious. No Aaron Rodgers. These two are still obviously a start, you know, obviously startable in this in this good matchup. Brett Hundley has been in his system for a couple of years now and should be serviceable in this game. It'll be interesting to see who he prefers and whether he can maintain their fantasy relevance. T.Y. Hilton. I'm not benching Hilton, even against a really good Jaguar secondary. Hilton lines up all over the place, so he won't be locked in on one cornerback. Jalen Ramsey's side of the field has been a little leaky lately, so hopefully Hilton can take advantage of that. I know it's tough to start him after he didn't perform in a great matchup on Monday. Uh, you know, vibes are down, luck got, you know, luck got a setback, all that, but I would still start him with tempered expectations this week, you know, unless you have some awesome other option. Keenan Allen, he did okay against the Broncos their first time around in Denver, and this week Denver comes to LA. He lines up primarily in the slot, but he does move around a bit. The Broncos secondary has gotten better over the past few weeks, but their one position to attack is the slot right now, surprisingly. Chris Harris usually mans the slot, and he usually does well, but, you know, the, the Broncos have been giving up some fantasy points this year to the slot, you know, although he's gotten better over the last four weeks. Not expecting a huge day out of Allen, but he's staying in my lineup, especially in PPR leagues. If you're not in a PPR league, you might have better options. Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. Uh, going up against that Baltimore secondary is no joke. These two will probably have a hard time in this game. Um, you know, probably Thielen might not have, you know, as bad of a game as I look into it a little bit further. Um, Baltimore secondary as a whole is giving up the second fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Um, they're doing it on the perimeter. They're doing it in the slot. Um, these guys are not must starts this week, in my opinion. Um, unless Diggs is out, then I think Thielen is a must start. So if you can find a better option, it might be a good idea. If P- in PPR leagues, I'm okay starting Thielen because of his short depth of target and high percentage routes, along with Diggs not being 100%. So as of Wednesday, the Vikings were unsure of Diggs' status, not looking good. Uh, but I looked into it a little bit further, and it seems like Thielen has a better matchup than what it looks like on paper. Um, Ladarius Webb isn't that good, and he's been giving up you know a lot of yards per route. Uh, in the slot, so I think that works in Adam Thielen's favor. So um, I'm actually going to start him this week. Um, I'm, I'm still going to temper my expectations because it's a good defense, but you know Minnesota is playing at home, uh, so you know I I lean towards starting Thielen. Another guy I'm tempering my expectations on this week is 
Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, he runs most of his routes on the left side of the field where Prince and Mukamara lines up, and the Bears have given up the fourth least fantasy points to wide receivers from that position. Benjamin is a bit hobbled right now. He left practice on Wednesday, but don't have word as of Thursday morning on whether he aggravated that knee that was bothering him or what. So, uh, you know, wait and see on what the word is, whether he gets some practices in this week. Uh, but just if he does play, keep in mind that he has a tough matchup. All right, guys, I'm sitting. Um, you know, it's always tough to do the sit section just because, like, these guys aren't really that relevant anyway. But, you know, these this is more of a these guys aren't relevant that, you know, aren't that relevant anymore section, more than just a sit section. Um, Mike Wallace, he's the first guy. He should be shadowed by Xavier Rhodes if he plays, um, if Wallace plays, that is. Um, Xavier Rhodes has done a pretty good job this year. The Ravens passing attack isn't anything I usually want a part of anyway. Wallace has put up a couple of decent fantasy days, but his volume is not consistent at all, um, you know, to put him in my lineup this week. Jerron Brown, He's been phased out of this offense a bit once John Brown got healthy, getting only one target last week. His matchup isn't bad, but he should see some of Tremaine Johnson, which isn't a good combination for his lack of targets. He won't be in my starting lineup this week. Dante Moncrief, he had a decent fantasy day on Monday night against a horrible Titan secondary, catching 5 of 7 for 67 yards. However, during the three weeks before that, he was averaging only three targets per game. I expect something similar in this game as he'll see a lot of A.J. Bouye and the rest of this very good Jacksonville secondary. Alan Hearns, he had a 10-target game a few games back, but he's been averaging three targets in the other three games around it. So in this matchup, he'll be going up against Nate Hairston, who's done a good job for the Colts, allowing the sixth least fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So not a good start this week. Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, not starting these guys. I'm definitely trying to find other options outside of them. Um, they just aren't getting the type of volume to justify playing them against the Denver's uh, against the Denver defense. Uh, Broncos don't give up big plays, and both of these guys are kind of big play receivers. So trying to find other options. Jameson Crowder, he's been a shell of himself this season. You know he's going up against Patrick Robinson, who has done a decent job against slot wide receivers this season. Not picking this week as Crowder's breakout week at all. Okay, so that's all I had for the start sits. Um, you can follow me at Faraz Siddiqui on Twitter, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I, at UpperHandFFB on Twitter. On Instagram, that's where I'm most um, active, at UpperHandFantasy. Check me out. DM me over there. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, uh, Raiders and Chiefs. Uh, should be a good one. Hopefully, Derek Carr can bounce back and you know actually start playing like what he looked like last year. Uh, I don't know if that back injury is still affecting him or or what, but um, I expect Michael Crabtree to have a good game and maybe Amari Cooper can have a good game too. We'll see. But enjoy the game tonight. Uh, enjoy the weekend. If I don't if I don't come back with anything tomorrow, uh, and enjoy the game. See ya.